This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. This is Annie Grace, and today I have Scott Stable, and he is the author of Big Love. And I, Scott, I'm just, I'm really glad to have you here. I really love your work. There are so many of just kind of your quote worked their way around the internet ether that have really profoundly touched me and my life. And I mean, I don't know, it's just really an honor. So thank you for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Annie Grace. I'd love to just start with like, you know, people who might not know you or who might not be familiar with you, a little bit about your story and you know, your background and how you came to be doing the, the good work you're doing in the world. My story, well, well, I'll start somewhere and you can invite me to go back farther if you, if you want. Um, how I came about to, to be doing the work that I'm doing, what is the work that I'm doing? I guess essentially I'm, I'm writing, that's what I'm doing and I'm doing some speaking. I do a lot of live videos on Facebook and have grown, you know, a, a, a pretty large social media community and I think in great part um, because I'm, I'm a big love advocate that's someone re- referred to me as a love activist and I absolutely love that title and that's really what I believe myself to be someone who's out here making a whole lot of noise for love and the power of love in our lives to create really important necessary change in in every way possible for ourselves in the relationships we have with others and in our world in general. So about six years ago, I started a Facebook page um, and started writing about the the topics that mean the most to me, like compassion and kindness and love. And the the page started to grow. And it was, it wasn't until, well, it was a real, it was a page, this like page of positivity. You know, I was like, I called it a Pollyanna's paradise. So you would tune in to something that I posted and it would just be this, everything's beautiful and you're gorgeous. And you know what I mean? Like this really kind of uplifting posts, all real, a lot of sunshine. And at one point, a woman commented on one of my posts and she said, you know, Scott, not everybody is as happy as you are all the time. Some of us are really struggling out here. And it was a really, um, it was kind of a defining moment in, in my page in that it made me look at what I was sharing, you know, and what I was choosing to share. And, and the mission of the page was to be just a, a jolt of positivity to send someone on their, their way. But I realized for this woman, she had walked away from the experience completely differently. Instead of, you know, being uplifted, she came away feeling less than. Now, I believe we can't ultimately own a person's response to what we're sharing in the world and how we're sharing ourselves. At the same time, it, it felt like an invitation for me to share more. And that's when I, I started sharing more of my, my background and, and my insecurities. And I mean, my, some of my background um, is that I lost my parents at 14. They were shot to death. They were murdered. Um, I lost my brother to his heroin addiction. He OD'd. Um, I grew up with a profound shame around my sexuality, you know, being a gay kid. So these were some of the things that I hadn't been sharing on my page. And I started to share 
uh, with more honesty and openness and the whole uh, energy around the page shifted in a really beautiful way. I mean, I still share a lot of positive stuff. If you, if you tune into my social media presence, it tends to be very optimistic and positive in part because that's who I am, but it's also become much more um, real. Like life is painful. Life is hard. I mean, you know, with your podcast and what you're choosing to talk about, and you're talking a lot about addiction and recovery. And this is, um, this is not an easy reality for anybody. Um, and I don't think life is an easy reality for anybody. So what I noticed is that when I started to share the, the full breadth of my experience here, um, as well as my commitment to, to love throughout all of it and how much my commitment to love has helped me. Um, I was going to say transcend my past, and I don't, I don't even know if that's the right word, but integrate it in a way where it's not taking me down the way it used to, you know, integrate it in a way where I can show up honestly um, and invite deep connections with other people out there in the world who are showing up honestly. And I feel like there's such a beautiful, I've talked, do you want to say anything? <laughs> I'm just going to ramble on and on and on. No, you... I love it. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could listen like forever. So no, keep going. This is okay. great. All right. Um, but I, I feel like, and what I've noticed about my page that is that I have a, a huge recovery audience. I've noticed there are many pages um, devoted to recovery and sobriety that follow my page and thank me for the work I do. And I think it's in great part because I think the work I'm doing is a reminder to all um, to be hopeful. You know, it's like we have so, there are so many countless examples in the world of people who have bottomed out in just the craziest of ways. I listened to your interview with Amy Dresner and the things that she was sharing and her experiences. And you, you listen to this and she said she was someone who was seen as a warning for most. And now she's seen as a sign of hope for most. And she's, she is one of thousands upon thousands of examples of people whom others would have written off and people who might have written themselves off and never imagined that they would be able to overcome whatever it is they're experiencing in the moment, whether that's dealing with addiction, whether that's dealing with great loss and grief and trauma, whatever it is. Um, but what we're shown is that there's always hope. You know, if we're living and breathing, it does not matter where you are in your life, how horrible and dark and hopeless your life looks. That's not the reality. The reality is here we are. It's a new moment. Every new moment, you know, every second is a new moment with new possibilities and new reasons to believe in yourself and to believe that whatever you've gone through, that is of the past. Here you are right now. What do you want to create for yourself in this moment? And I think that so much of the path of recovery is really not just taking it a day at a time, but taking it a moment at a time, which is all we can ultimately all be doing in our lives, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. So, uh, so much there, but let me start with, you know, with, for you going through these, these difficult things, did you find you were always a really positive, hopeful person with a lot of love to give and share? Or was that more of an evolution and a journey for, for you where there were some things that brought you there or that toughness? I would say both of the, I would say yes to both of those things. On the one hand, I 
I feel grateful to have been born with a, a personality that tends toward optimism and positivity. And I really view that as a gift because I think that in, there are certain things we can't, absolutely can't control. And I think some people are born with the disposition that lends them to negativity more naturally. And they have to work a lot harder it's totally doable, but the work is even harder for, for certain personalities to see the positive. And I was born with a positive, you know, kind of a positive general optimistic personality. So I had that going for me. Um, and, you know, after I lost my parents, even probably before, because I grew up around a lot of, a lot of addiction and in a household of addiction. So there was a lot of, I think, trauma going on, from the, you know, from my youngest years and losing my parents certainly exacerbated that. And I, and I think what I did at the time was just bury it, you know, and I, and I'm so grateful that some part of my younger self knew to bury the pain of, of my parents' murder. Once a year, I would have a great cry about it. And then I would lock it away again, move on with my life, smiled, you know, was a really good student, had lots of friends in high school, went to a good college, had lots of friends there. Um, and only in my 20s did I realize that I wasn't, I was this smiling guy on the surface, but beneath the surface, there was a mountain of pain, you know, as I think a lot of us can relate to. And that's when I really started to understand that I had put this wall up to to my healing, like my, a wall up to really grieving the loss of my parents. And because I hadn't allowed myself to feel the anger and the sadness around it, not really, I had also not allowed myself to experience the deep, deepest possible connections with other people. Because we, when we're not living our truth, there's a limit to what we're allowing ourselves to, to be and show up for in our relationships with not only ourselves, but with others out there. And the moment we start to sink into the truth of who we are, like the, the painful dark places, as well as the beautiful light places, then we can open up to a completely different expression of who we are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm so glad you, you touched on that because honestly, that, that is, is the reason that I um, wanted you uh, to, to be on the podcast because I think that message is the most important message. And I think it's something that um, people who struggle with, with addiction and specifically with alcohol, there's so much shame in it because it seems as, you know, something you should just normally be able to do. Everybody can do it. Why do you have a problem? And um, what I've realized, like even talking about my own story is as soon as I've started to do that, other people start to talk about their stories. Yes. And then you can live this life that is so much more connected. And uh, that's what I really love about, you know, some of the things that I've read and seen through you is, is you said things changed when, when you opened up. Things changed when you said, okay, like, here's my truth. And then living in, in your truth, like remembering it, you know, living this completely transparent life, at least that's how it feels from, from the outside when I look at you, is um, something that's just created this connection. And it, the funniest thing is that we really, we do that, we close down, we don't allow ourselves to feel the pain, we don't allow ourselves to be who we really are, because we think then people will like us because people yeah. like these bright, shiny people, which is just the opposite of true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it, exactly. And I also think, I think one of the reasons we numb and escape and turn to, you know, what, whatever addiction is calling to us is 
in my experience, part of it is also not believing that we can handle the darkness that lives within us, that we can handle our pain. And so everyone around us is numbing and escaping in some way, rather than just being present in the harder, less comfortable parts of being human. And only when we, when we allow ourselves to sit in that place, to sit in my grief, to sit in my anger, to sit in my blame, to sit in all of these other things that I like to numb myself from experiencing, only when I allow myself to sit in them do I see that these things do move through us. They're, we're not meant to reside and stagnate in that place, but the more we run from it, the more we put our energy into numbing, the more that those things control us. Because all the time I've put into numbing myself out of feeling, whatever it is I'm numbing myself from feeling actually has control over me. You know, and so I'm focused much more now in my life on creating the kind of life that I don't feel the need to escape from, you know, and part of that is in what exactly what you're saying, being honest with who we are and allowing for those moments of me too. And that's the thing I've experienced time and again on my Facebook page. Anytime I share something, share part of my insecurities or my fears or whatever, they're always the posts that get the most engagement in the, the comments that come are me too. Thank you so much. It's good to know I'm not alone. I want you to know you're not alone. And that's what we do when we share not just our triumphs, but the things we're struggling with. And that's why a podcast like yours and the others out there who are talking really openly about um, their experiences with addiction to alcohol and are talking about their journeys in sobriety and recovery, they're important and profound and they're creating this space for others to see I'm not alone you know, and to hopefully feel less shameful about what it is they're experiencing, or if they have to share, or if they have to feel the shame, we're all dealing with our own shame, to see that there are others out there who are dealing with the shame, you know, and they're getting to the other side of it, or they're still struggling with it one day, but getting to the other side of it another day. And that's the nature of life and being human, is that our struggles keep circling back. But we don't ultimately have to make the same damaging choices. And in the case of the, the listeners of this podcast, you don't have to choose alcohol. You know what I mean? And that's what you're communicating over and over and over again. That's not a necessary choice. And what I love is that, you know, a, a dear friend of mine, Holly from the Hip Sobriety podcast, you know, Holly and Laura, what I, what I love that they were doing with their podcast and what they're continuing to do in their work, Holly's always saying, we're made to believe that the, the people who are dealing with alcohol addiction are made to believe that they're the ones with the problem, that they can't handle this crazy, toxic, you know, jet fuel, as she says it. She writes so beautifully about it and speaks so beautifully about it. Um, but there's, there's nothing wrong with you if, you, you're not, if you're not okay, for whatever reason, having alcohol in your life. You know what I mean? That doesn't suggest that there's something wrong with you, you know? And um, I think that it's about really shifting our perspective in how we're looking at these things in life. Yeah, yeah. Holly is one of my all-time favorite people. I think she's bringing so much light and hope into this entire conversation. It's amazing. Absolutely. She is so fierce. I love what she's doing. So good. One of the things um, I heard this last week, actually, somebody told me this because I was I was struggling with just, you know, some of the emotion around around doing this work. It can get really emotional, and 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 on both sides, the stories that come through, they're so. Um, moving and, and so grateful, but it's also 
there's such a backstory and sometimes you know, just letting myself feel other people's stories can, can be really overwhelming because I, I feel it. I feel it a lot. And somebody said to me, she said, a feeling fully felt changes. That made just so much sense because when we have these feelings and we don't allow ourselves to fully feel them, which by the way, as soon as you numb your brain with alcohol, you're not, it doesn't allow it the opportunity to change into what it really is supposed to mean or teach you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And it's so true. All We've put so much energy into resisting what we're actually feeling. It's crazy. We're doing such a disservice to ourselves because one, we're not allow, allowing the feeling to be fully realized. And two, we're expending all this energy numbing. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, it's, and it's so unnecessary. And it's, it's hard work and it takes consciousness and awareness. And I think a lot of the work I'm doing in the world right now is just a reminder to people to bring their awareness to their lives, like to look at the choices they're making and really continuously ask yourself, is this serving me? Is this serving my well-being? If yes, beautiful. Continue to make those choices. If no, beautiful. You're realizing it. Stop making those choices. And also accept we're all human. You know what I mean? I get that we all, um, we're always circling back and facing, I find in this life, the same struggles, the same provocations, the same, you know, we think we've like, oh, I finally healed this part of myself. And then life shows us, no, you're still every bit as fucked up in that area as you thought you were. Like, you know, you healed it for a month, but here it is again, let's keep working. And you just kind of keep spiraling down into deeper levels, but it gets you to, in my experience, if you're open to that, to that journey of self-growth and healing and, and really real self-discovery, like being willing to look at how truly disgusting you are because an, human beings are disgusting and incredibly beautiful and everything in between. You know, we try to avoid looking at the disgusting parts because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be an envious monster when your friend gets a promotion or is doing well. Like that's a really painful thing to feel. And it's just real. And it's not real. It's real in that this is the, the human mind. And it's not real because it's totally rooted in ego bullshit. Do you know what I mean? I believe the truth of who we are is rooted in a much deeper place. And that's love. Love, 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 love. At the base note of everything is this deep peace and love. It's how we were born before the years of conditioning was piled on us. And that's, that's the journey right now. I feel for me, it's not about fixing who I am. It's about peeling away all those layers of conditioning, all of those messages about who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be. And just remember the truth of who we are, which is this peaceful, loving, curious, creative being, you know, that is here to shine light on the world. And, um, that for me has been my greatest, uh, I guess my greatest teacher, just continuously returning to love and asking the question, like, what is love inviting me to do right now? How is love asking me to show up in this moment? And when we do that with ourselves, first and foremost, I think that's one of the most profound things all of us, and certainly those um, dealing with addiction can be asking themselves, because I think so, my, my sense of addiction and I should say that I'm not like, I'm not struggling with an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to drugs. I, I feel like the, in my life, in ter- like 
pot was the thing that was the hardest thing for me to go without in my life. And it's funny, even now, if I'm most inclined to escape, it's to, to smoke pot. And I do smoke pot sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes I get high. Um, but I realized that, that um, what was I going to say? Oh, that it, it, it tends to be a, about a certain self-loathing, a certain deep disappointment with the life that I've created for myself. It's, it's like me centering myself in my shame in the in my in the self-abusive inner critic that tells me i'm ugly and i'm worthless that is hell-bent on comparing myself to others out there and finding that i'm not you know stacking up when looking at these other writers or speakers who are just human beings who are doing things in the world and it's when i when i sink into those places that i'm most inclined to numb myself whether it's like zoning out on TV or social media for me, my telephone, you know, the like just tooling through Facebook things in this completely unhealthy way that is in no way serving me. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like those <laughs> And that's why I find love is so powerful because when we're continuously focused on love, and I'm not saying love is the only, you know what I mean? That is, is the answer to getting beyond your addiction. I found that, focusing on self-love and continuously asking myself, how can I love myself better? How can I show up for myself in a more loving way? And responding to that question with clear action has really served me in my life in a, in a very powerful way. So um, just to expand on that a little bit, because I think that's so profound, but so asking that question, just like, I, I feel like you touched on some very practical things right there. So asking that question, how can I show up in a different way, how can I love myself better? And then taking that into action. Can you give like a few examples for people who are like, okay, this is awesome, I, I'm so interested, but how, you know? Look, the, for me, the most, the, the most basic example is, I think there are so many, so many opportunities throughout the day, all the time to be considering self-love. So when you wake up in the morning and you go into the bathroom to brush your teeth and you look in the mirror, how many of us, when we're looking in the mirror immediately in the day, start berating ourselves? You are not pretty enough. You're too this, you're too that. You're, you know what I mean? This, yeah. is the, this is the natural place our mind goes. The one suggestion I have is the moment you bring awareness to those thoughts, the moment you are aware that you are abusing yourself, interrupt that pattern and start infusing yourself with self-affirming thoughts. And, and the more, the more uh, tuned you, you become, the quicker you're going to have awareness. Because the thing about it is, I don't, I'm not about living falsely. Like I, I try not to, like, you know, sometimes I am. I, I appreciate you saying I'm transparent and I am living my life more transparently than I ever have before. And there are still some times that I'm not and whatever, I'm human. Um, so I try to be gentle with myself and forgive myself and recognize that and do better. And at the same time, so I don't, I don't encourage people if you're feeling like shit to pretend you're not feeling like shit. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm simply suggesting that we, do, we don't have control over all of our thoughts. We don't have control over a lot of them, but we do have control over many of them. And the moment you catch yourself in a cycle of self-abuse, shift, change it. I, uh, this, this week, I had a really 
clear example of how powerful that can be because I got into the comparison cycle, which is, is a shit spiral. It never leads anywhere good. Even if you're up here thinking, oh, I'm better than that person, you are certainly going to fall off that cliff and feel low when compared to others. Um, and, and that's where I was going in my mind, starting to feel really bad and really worthless and really, really like I had wasted a lot of my life and wasn't fulfilling my destiny, even though that's so silly and ridiculous. So as it was happening, and this has happened a lot in my adult life, and it could take, it could go into hours upon hours of misery. I was like, wait a minute, Scott, you have a choice in this moment. You can either allow your mind to do that, or you can stop it and do something very different here. So I chose to do something very different. And I chose to remind myself that I am worthy and enough and divine exactly as I am. I was born that way. I will die that way. There is nothing I have done in my life. There's nothing I could do in my life that would make me any less worthy than I am in this moment now. I chose myself. I, I chose to affirm myself. I chose to focus on what is beautiful about me. I chose to go outside and take a walk among the trees because I know that by making that choice, it tends to bring peace into my life. So I use the tools that I know work for me and I just did them. And it completely shifted me outside of that spiral that had begun, completely shifted my whole day and saved me hours upon hours of grief. So to people out there listening, I would really encourage you because I believe that we intuitively know what works for us. We intuitively know the tools. For me, walks outside. It's one of the most healing things I can do for myself. Yeah. Meditation is a great thing for people. Dancing my ass off in my apartment sometimes, if I'm feeling angry and need to release that energy, like what is the thing that works for you? What are the things? Writing, journal writing, vomiting the emotions out. You know, there, there are any number of choices. It becomes about figuring out what works for you, and then acting in accordance with it. But, but one thing for sure, the moment you recognize that you're going into the self-abusive spiral, interrupt it. There, there are no, there's nothing out there saying we have to abide by that same abusive pattern that we've played out a million times in our life to know. And that's so freeing to hear. Say again, I'm sorry. That's, that's so freeing to hear because we feel like we're paying a penance or something. We feel like, okay, this is just how today's gonna go. And so to take your power back and say, wait a second, like, why? Why do I have to just, you know, go through, if we don't. We don't, we don't have to. We're, and that's we're, another we're the boss of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to believe our thoughts. That's the other thing I'm, I'm really a fan of now is I just don't believe my thoughts. When they, I don't, I don't see the, the point in creating a war with my mind because wars just create more wars and you're not going to win a war with your mind. But I, when my mind gets into that spiral of self-abuse, it's like, okay, I'm hearing it, but I'm like, no, I don't believe you. What you're saying is not true for me. I know what my truth is and my truth lives in love. I understand that I am worthy as I am. So don't believe your thoughts if your thoughts are taking you to a dark place, you know, because those thoughts are not you. Those thoughts are rooted in conditioning. They're rooted in untruthful messages that you've been receiving your entire life and that you've bought into. 
but they're not rooted in truth, you know, and we know our truth because when you sink into this heart space, I'm touching my heart right now, but you can't see when you sink into that, you know, that heart soul space and you close your eyes and you take some deep breaths and you connect with that, that place inside of you that is quiet and peaceful and full of love for yourself and our world. That is truth. And, and you know that place to be truth if you allow yourself the time to be present in that place. So when you're in that mental place that feels so toxic and so disorienting and so oppressive, you can remind yourself that's not truth. That's not what truth feels like, you know, and I don't have to believe that. Get really, I, I encourage you, whoever's listening, really get in the habit of not believing your thoughts. It will save you so much grief. <laughs> oh, and, I just love that. Yeah. And another, I'm going to give you a little technique that I learned. I took this um, integrative hypnosis workshop in, in New York years ago. And I, I, ironically, I don't remember a thing about the workshop except this one bit of advice the instructor said. She said, when you have that inner critic playing out, and it's so often that inner critic that drives us to make choices that don't serve us because it's that those abusive thoughts and we just want to be free of them. We just want to numb ourselves to them. So we take a drink, we smoke some pot, we do some drugs, we stuff ourselves with food. Whatever it is we're doing, it's like, I don't want to hear that anymore. I want a release from that. Well, she had this uh, um, suggestion to give that voice a, an actual voice. So for instance, my inner critic, the voice I've given it often is the voice that it sounds like this. It's like, Scott, you are so stupid and ugly. And like when you give your inner voice this completely ridiculous, preposterous voice, when it's telling you how stupid and ugly you are, it's very hard to take that voice seriously. You know, and so every time you're berating yourself, give it that voice, you know, whatever your most ridiculous voice is. And it, it was a, I loved that technique because it actually works. When I remember to do it, which isn't all the time, it totally snaps me out of that, that moment of self-abuse. And it, it connects me to the idea that all of these ego thoughts, it, they're all bullshit. They're all nonsense. Yeah. You know, we don't have to believe them. It doesn't reflect who we are. Oh, that's so good. I love that technique. That's awesome. I'm going to start to use that. <laughs> be, mine will be my Jewish grandmother from the Bronx. Any breaks? What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, so Scott, this has been incredible. And, and I'm sure people are going to be like, okay, I need more. So I know your book, Big Love, uh oh, you're uh, I lost you, Annie Grace. You went, I lost uh, you after you said this has been incredible. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh oh, are you there? Oh, shoot, uh oh, Hold yeah, on. I'm here. Can you hear oh, okay. me? I got you now. No. I got you now. Okay, <laughs> all right, I said <laughs> it's been incredible, <laughs> and um. I'm sure people will want to know more. So where can people find you? You can find me on my website, which is scottstabile.com. And you can find me on Facebook and in Instagram. I do a lot of live videos on Facebook and I've started to do them on Instagram. If you just search Scott Stabile, you'll find me there. 
And then also um, in Big Love, you can find me in Big Love. Yeah, which is obviously available at bookstores, Amazon. Um, and apologies, I said your name wrong, so now I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Scott. I mean, really, so much wisdom, and I really just appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for what you're doing, Annie Grace, really, and for bringing your truth and light to the world. It's making a big difference for lots of us. So thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.